0: Welcome to The Follow-Up, a podcast by Coran Deo Church. In this podcast, we break down the truths of Sunday and make them applicable to your everyday life.
1: Welcome to The Follow-Up, everyone. My name is Billy Glosson, and with me, my friend, Michael Tooley. How's it going? Uh, We are diving back into kind of this format just every now and again. Again, uh, with Michael traveling, we're kind of occasionally doing some shorter kind of recap follow-ups, but then every now and again when we can, we're going to continue to do this format. So we are continuing marching through the book of uh, Philippians, and man, I'm telling you, it has been a joy and a delight. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, so I love the book of Philippians. Again, it's it's arguably one of my favorite books in the New Testament, um, and then this week's passage is uh, just it's stellar, uh, just the example of Paul and the challenge that he gives us So we looked at chapter 1, verses 12 through um, 18a. Excuse me. So it says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So we looked at the book of Philippians, and we walked through this idea that Jesus is doing something, that he's he's changing us, he's, he's working in us, and in that, he is shifting Paul's perspective. That was kind of the idea that I came back to over and over again, and this was my main point on Sunday, that when the gospel is the one great permanent circumstance, all other circumstances must bow to God's gospel purpose. So that idea kind of comes from uh, Milton Vincent in the uh, book, Gospel Primer. I I kind of had my MPS on perspective and did that and took a little bit of his wording. And so that's where that idea comes from. But it's this idea that the gospel, because it's true, because it is the reality that we live in now, every other circumstance can only serve that truth that God has made all things new and will work all things together for good. So Michael... With that mindset in place, how, how does that shift the way that we think and live? You know,
0: one of the most difficult questions I was ever asked by one of my pastors in Denver was, he just looked me at, in the face and said, what is the gospel? Um, and I sat there and, you know, fumbled over my words. I wanted to have the right answer. And then he, the next thing he asked was, what's the difference between somebody that thinks the Bible is probably true and tries to live by it and tries to like follow the good things in it and tries, you know, tries really hard. What's the difference between that person and somebody who has a biblical worldview? Yeah. And to me, this is the biblical worldview. This is saying like, okay, every other thing that might be true hinges upon that one truth. Mm. And that man, if, that's a paradigm shift. That's that radically transforms the way you think about everything. Yeah. And we, you, you unpack that on Sunday in a really profound way Yeah, um, of how it shaped, you know, Paul's experience in prison. But yeah, I think it's the starting ground, you know, in, um, in the, in the Proverbs, it says like the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. It's that kind of thing of like, if that's where you start. Right and you really believe it it affects everything it changes the way you look at things and you you said that on sunday like a god word perspective very yeah, very helpful that's
1: how that's how paul always thinks right he he always is like okay lord you have me here for a reason you know i trust you so as we kind of walked through it i talked about three things i'm trying to remember what my third one was joy uh, joy that's right uh, so i talked about how uh, paul's chains produced in him a, a moment where he trusts in god's providence um, and also a moment where uh, those chains displayed his witness, and finally those chains produced in him joy. And so, kind of as like a nutshell idea, in that Paul realized that hey, wherever I go, whatever I do, God, you are in control, and because you have changed my life, I'm going to trust you. And so, Paul gets arrested, and instead of being dismayed, he's like, "All right, Lord, what are we doing here?" And yeah. in that. He lives this kind of exemplary life that kind of reverberates throughout the Roman imperial guard, which is huge. And we find later in Philippians chapter four that it's worked all the way to Caesar's household. Mm -hmm. So because of the way Paul is a witness to these men, and because he trusts in God's providence, he now has joy despite his circumstances. Yeah. Um, the, the example I shared on Sunday that has really set with me, and I keep going back to this statement, was this uh, story of the five Wheaton College graduates who went to work with the Aka tribe. They left um, everything to go and to minister to this. It was known that this was a very violent, um, aggressive tribe, and yet they were willing to go and to attempt to make contact. So they go, first two days, totally great. Things seem like they're going to go well. And then they're speared to death and it's so devastating, but yet there's this kind of like moment that happens where out of it, there's born this confidence, this missional zeal for uh, Wheaton and for other colleges around the country. These people are, are basically seeing this example and saying, man, I want that. I want to give my life in such a way that even if I lose it to have that faith. yeah, man, yeah. to trust the Lord. And, and the statement that I keep coming back to is before they left, Jim Elliot, kind of paraphrasing Matthew Henry, said, "He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose." I've been coming back to that idea over and over this week, the reality that we all strive for things that we can't keep. Right. I mean, like we we strive after trinkets and toys and like phones that become obsolete within a year. And all these things don't satisfy, or we strive after good things, you know, like maybe maybe they're things like a promotion or a retirement or time with family. All those are great things, but we can't keep them. You know what I mean? Like those are things that don't satisfy eternally, but the thing that does satisfy us eternally, the thing that we can't lose is our relationship with Christ for eternity, right? That the lamb will be the lamp, Right, that's Revelation 21. Do we have that kind of, of zeal, of drive that says, again, because the gospel is true, because I rest in Christ, now I can live trusting in him and knowing that whatever lumps I take, whatever bruises I get along the way, they have to, they must bend a knee to God's gospel purpose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think... Um to me, that begs the question then, you know, so why can't we just think like that all the time, <laughs> you know? And like...
1: That's a good question.
0: Yeah, like why, you know, why can't we just shift into that? And, and I think it really boils down to, you know, I I was on a, a shoot one time, well, this was back in when I was shooting weddings, and I shot for, and, you know, hopefully... And my past clients will be like, I think this was me, you know? Uh, I shot for like two hours without realizing realizing that my autofocus was shut off. Mm-hmm. And anything I shot in that two hour period was unusable. Um, I think we can kind of slip into this mode in life where we don't realize that we've taken our eyes off of Christ. yeah, And like, when we look back in hindsight on the past couple of weeks, like for me, you know, I had like a really great week last week I was on cloud nine. Like Mm -hmm. I, there were so many good things that happened. I was stoked about the Philippians passage. I was preaching like good things at work were happening. We're about to close on our house. We're about to go on vacation to someplace. Awesome. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, man, how do I feel numb at the end of the week? And it's like, I forgot God. Mm. Um, and so today, you know, if we want to get real practical, how this looks, you know, I'm sitting there last night, I got some more emails. I mean, if anybody's ever bought a house, like they know that it's like the most stress-free so tax- circumstance. <laughs> so taxing,
1: man. Yeah. Um, they want to know everything, every detail.
0: And we're like in the, in my head, we're like in the end zone, you know, we're like very, very close to wrapping this up. Cause we're, we're two weeks away and I got an email, you know, pr- relatively late in the evening and just questions that are just like to me very stressful and i got here this morning sat down before the word and thought about your message i thought about okay like if this is true if 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 my deepest eternal need has been satisfied Mm -hmm. the god of the universe sent his son to die and make me his son then truly I don't have to worry. Yeah. Like not just like, it's not just like some kitschy shirt or bumper sticker. It's like real. Yeah, man. Um, this is kind of funny, but it applies. I was watching this uh, interview with a couple of Hollywood actors. Um, I'll just say it. It it was Shia LaBeouf and -hmm. I can't like, uh, I'll just give a language warning. Like he's Mm -hmm. got a little bit of foul mouth, but he's finding Christ. Right. And he's telling his story and he's in, he's in some trouble right now. So it's not like, you know, but as he's talking, he's talking about these different things that hit home in his life that were really, really like painful at the time and seemed like the end of the end all. And he comes back around full circle later in the interview and says, yeah, these miracles keep happening and it causes faith. Mm. And he says, because you're not doing it. And then he started re- recounting all these like bad trials that he went through. And he's like, "It that was a miracle. That was a miracle. That was a miracle pushing you forward. And he's like, you're not doing it. Hmm. And that really, you know, I'm looking at my r- most recent, recent circumstances um, and the things that happened to me and the things that happened for me and my wife, like calling us here, providing the jobs that we've been given, providing this, this house that we've been given I didn't do it. Mm-mm. It's God. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, it's just like this radical shift of like, okay, there's one thing that is always true, mm-hmm. and it's that I'm a child of God.
1: Yeah, man. And and to answer the question too is like, why do we have to? Like, why why can't we just live in that reality? It's because we forget. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really wrestling and and sitting in the book of Joshua right now, and it's been really really good. We're we're there in our in our daily reading, but it's it's been a lot more of a deep dive for me. And I think about when Israel crosses the Jordan. After they cross the Jordan, God has them set up this monument of twelve stones, and it says this at the end of chapter four. It says, "For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea." Which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. That's what they were supposed to tell their children and themselves. Yeah, And so there's a real sense in which we need to set up both those like metaphorical monuments and quite literally write scripture around us, set up reminders, because God knows that we're people who are prone to forget. And we see it throughout scripture, right? That the only way we go forward is with God. So the the whole story of them crossing the Jordan is that they're led by the Ark of the Covenant. They're led by the presence of God. They can't do it on their own. Yeah. Right. It wasn't Moses that led them and it's not going to be Joshua. Right. Right. It's going to be the presence of God. And so for me and for you, the way that we move forward and the way that we remember that reality, that that the present most important circumstances of the gospel is by rehearsing it and by remembering it every single day.
0: And that requires discipline. It requires it. You have to put it into practice. Because um, that's the thing is like when, when we... Uh, like I said, had this you know good week and, and just kind of forgot about God. It's like, we kind of have a tendency as humans in general to like, um, when, when things are going well, we're, we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think about God when things are not going well. Yeah. And it's like the parachute syndrome. And so I think that discipline comes into place of like, you know, the analogy I thought of this week, cause I've also been, you know, trying to like eat a little bit better. And, uh, thought about it you know it's like when you are not eating right it's like affects how you feel Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. and when you start to eat right again it's not because i mean it might be because of some guilt but you know maybe talk to your counselor about that but uh you're trying to feel good again you're trying to like be refreshed and it just i don't know this seems elementary but that just clicked in my head as like how the word of god is for us like yeah to feed on God's word is what it is. It's not come pay penance with God's word. It's not go read your Bible. Cause that's what good Christians do. Yeah. It's no, that's what needy Christians do. They go and feed on the word and yeah, like it takes discipline and that's you're you're right. Like we have to rehearse. We have to remember yeah. and you can't do that without practice.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So friends, we want to just encourage you to, uh, I mean, strive after this, Um, set up uh, uh, habits, cultivate habits that get you in the word, um, that get you around God's people. Because again, we also need the people of God to call us back and to remember it. And let's walk in this truth together. And let's rehearse this reality that the gospel has changed everything. And because of that, we can now have joy and hope, even in the midst of really, really hard things. We're grateful for you guys. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Do we have a resource? Uh, yeah, quick
1: resource? Uh, I mentioned it already, but a gospel primer by Milton Vincent is just, I keep coming back to it. It's a great resource. It's about uh, rehearsing the gospel daily for Christians. And uh, it's just a really, really beautiful resource. But uh, your biggest resource again is always the word of God and each other. Um, yeah. Make sure that you spend time praying and seeking the Lord and encouraging and challenging each other until then we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks again for tuning into the follow-up. To learn more about Quorum Deo, you can check us out on our website, quorumdeo or follow us on social media at quorumdeo nc. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.